Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Excellent. Um, well, someone thought it was a good idea to put Bowen up on their uh, five virtues. Um, if you weren't, <laughs> if you haven't been around for the last couple of weeks, or probably last week we really talked about it, uh, Robert and I are just about to take five weeks break, and uh, guess where we're going? <laughs> so, um, so that was very funny. I, I looked up and saw that there and thought, where'd that come from? So, uh, so well done, good and faithful servant. Um, all right. Let me, there's a few things I did want to talk about before I got into the message this morning. Um, well, just, just on the holiday thing, I, I think. Um, we feel really blessed uh, in the church how much support there is. You know, the truth is there's a lot of years <laughs> we couldn't take holidays. Like you'd take a week or, or you'd come back for Sunday and, and there was just so much... Um, we carried in over the years since we planted and uh, over this last season it, it, there's just more and more people carrying weight for us which has released us I think to do more what we're called to do but also to have breaks you know and, and so it is two weeks holiday and I'm taking three weeks long service in this process just to have a good break and just get a, a bit caught up um, uh, you know it's just we've been going hard and uh, so it's so great to have a, a break like that and great to feel the church is in probably better hands than when we're here, when we're gone. So, uh, so that, that's brilliant. So, uh, uh, so, so we'll see you in five weeks, and we won't be thinking about you. So, um, um, we've got life groups kicking off the second semester. So, um, I don't know what to do this morning, but if you lead a life group, could you stand to your feet? If you lead a life group, or you'd like to lead a life group this semester, just stand up so I can see who you are. Come on, stand up, stand up, stand up. Yeah, come on, Rob, you stand up for the men's. I think you're pretty much Eric's away at the moment. Um, can I get you to come out the front so people can see you? That might be... because. Yeah, come on, come out the front. Because uh, I know you don't... We, we tell you names and... Come on, go across, come across, come across. There you go, mate. Come in, come in. Oh, here he comes. That's good. Balance it up. Um, so, have we got everyone or have we still got some away? All right. So, what I want you to do is to sell your life group, okay? And, we, and we're going we're gonna to score them out of 10, all right? So, no, no, we're not. No, we're not. All right? Young adults, yes. Is anyone else? Tim, you want to do young adults? Is, or yeah, come on, come on, yeah, come on, Tim. So, so you just write down your scorecards as they as they do their present. No, no I'm not. I am joking. Don't worry. So, oh yeah, hold that. Tell us what young adults does. When does it meet? How does it work? Just quick. Young adults. Young adults normally meets on a Monday night. Um, we, we do it every week. Uh, we alternate one life group. One life group on a Monday night, we'll do um, like a Bible study, and then the following week we'll just do a social night and 
funeral, movie, or have a games night at someone's house or something. So young adults is what, 30 to 50, something like that, or? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Okay, no, good. No thanks, Tim. So Tim <laughs> is, is in the group but doesn't probably lead it. So, so thanks for, for doing that for us, Tim. That's great. What do you reckon? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Greg. Grandparents group. <laughs> um, no, he's just about to have a kid. We'll get him back. <laughs> yeah, there's something about grey hair in the Bible. Too, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, well, the Kents, we meet every second Wednesday, and my wife said, say, cake. Cake. So <laughs> Coffee and cake. Cake. <laughs> now, we, we, um, we, get, we go over um, the message from the, the previous Sunday, and it's just a time of fellowship, and like, like all groups, the, the real key is actually getting to know each other and getting to know each other, getting to, into each other's lives, and that's, that's where change happens. It's, it, it rarely happens here. Sometimes it does, and it's great. But it really happens when you're in each other's lives. That's right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, great. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, we're going to do a young families um, life group, and we're going to start off just doing it once a month. Um, we figured fortnight comes around pretty quickly yeah. with young kids, so we're going to start off doing it once a month on a Saturday. And look, it's only for an hour or two hours at the most. And um, yeah, we'll just do it at home. And, uh, yeah, we might even just have a barbie or something like that. And, um, yeah, with all the kiddies. Yeah, hey, right. That's right. Thanks, Jimmy. So. Yeah, as I said earlier, we get together on a Saturday morning. Um, and we go out, we'll, get, we'll catch a few waves if there's some waves happening. Otherwise, we might jump on the surf skis. We might go for a beach run. We don't have to drive that. A lot of people get scared off. Uh, <laughs> or we'll do something, might even pull the mountain bikes out and go out for a play. But uh, yeah, it's just, a, just a, an opportunity for uh, us guys and girls to get together, have a bit of a yarn, spend a bit of time together and enjoy ourselves. It's a life group. Mm. We enjoy life. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We're going to start our life group again. We haven't, we haven't had one in our home for a while, but... We're going to be the first midweek life group on this side of the port. So if you live on this side of the port, get a competition going on. Um, Yeah, we have a great big media room that we can shove all the kids in. We have teenagers who will watch them for you. So, no, honestly, bring your kids. No, but, you know, like you go to the Saturday morning life group to, you know, get fit and stuff. And then you come to our Wednesday night life group and I will feed you up. <laughs> that, that's not fair. How can you follow that? I mean, really. Um, so we run a, uh, a Thursday men's maintenance slash building slash do whatever job Greg likes to do to keep him happy. Um, no, we don't. We, we, we meet here on a, wet, on a Thursday to, to just build God's kingdom, just do the little jobs that need doing around the church and... Uh, it's been a really good um, experience so far, and we're going we're gonna to build a big car park next, so that's going to be a big job. <laughs> but um, also we do college, which is starting, which you will see, it starts on Wednesday next week. So if you signed up for that, you need to come Wednesday, 7 o'clock, and if you haven't, why not? 
Always a hard act to follow, but um, just talking about men in general, uh, Dave McKinnon up there um, basically looks after guys about four times a year and puts on some fabulous stuff because he's mad and he does all those <laughs> mad things. And uh, it's great. But we have a coffee club on uh, Wednesday morning um, at 8 o'clock down at Gloria Jeans where um, we've sort of grown from 2 to 4 to 6 to 10. And it's pretty good. It's just an interchange of, uh, of guys and stuff. Um, and it's basically an encouragement to one another because I think if the men are strong in the church, then the church is strong. Mm. And that's what we're about. Yeah. Thanks. That's good. After Baylife Women, that's the older women without kids at home. <laughs> um, so if you're if you don't have toddlers, because we have a special group for the toddler the toddler mums, um, you're very welcome. It's run at my house, and it's ten o'clock Tuesday fortnightly, and we have plenty of cake, plenty of good food, great conversation, and then we also well we've been studying the emotionally healthy woman this year. And that's been really great. But we also do other things, like it's a good base from which we draw girls to come and cook and do our cooking papers thing. We also get together and go and do our kurong shop once every six weeks to fill the bookstall and look after that. So we're just a, uh, we are Proverbs 31 women. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything that needs to be done that women are capable of, come to us and... If you want to join a group like that, you're really welcome to come, okay? <laughs> um, our life group, Gerard and my life group, is um, on every second to third Saturday because we don't fit into a week... Um, Rebellious. A night thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we sort of got out of the box and we do it Saturday, yeah, every second to third Saturday afternoon and we all have kids kind of school age, anywhere sort of in there, or not school, you know, where it, where, however it all fits. And then we come and we have our connecting time and we do a bit of a study related to one of the most recent sermons. And then um, we generally have lunch, and a, a dinner, sorry, um, and that's kind of potluck. So everyone brings something to share and it's great and we just connect and sometimes people have to go and, but yeah, we just do life group like that and we connect and we're in each other's lives and yeah. That's good. Lucky last. <laughs> um, I've been running a group for the younger mums with the little kids but we do the same study as the other mums. Um, we just do it more casually because we have to just go with the flow but um, yeah we love just challenging one another. I love mentoring the girls and uh, we just encourage each other in our Christian walk and Greg and I also do Fall in Love, Stay in Love, which is our marriage course, which I encourage all of you who have not done it yet to sign up for when it comes up next time. It's life-changing, and um, we're very passionate about that, and it comes up from time to time. So um, that's about it. That's it. Put your hands together for these guys. Well done. Uh, we'll do a secret vote later on, I think. <laughs> see, um, so you can see, I think I might have said this last week, and I'll say it again. When we tried to start life groups, small groups, we went, well, we'll just have them on Tuesday night. We'll have everyone meeting on Tuesday night. And everyone wouldn't fit the mould. And uh, so I realised it just had to be whatever goes. And uh, you know what? We just want to do life together. 
That's what it comes down to. We just want to do life together. And, and you, you know, it's hard to know and get to meet people properly in a big crowd. You know, like it just is hard. You know, you might get five minutes with someone, a coffee afterwards or, or, or something like that. But in a life group, you get to know them. They get to know you. They know what's going on in your life. They, they can support you in prayer. They can support you practically. When you're doing it tough, they can do things to, to mow the lawn or provide meals or whatever that looks like. And it's just really important you're connected in the church. You know, it's not about just turning up for a, a Sunday service. That's fine and good, and you should. But um, that rhymed, didn't it? That was pretty... Um, but the thing is, it's not about that. It's actually about connecting to the body of Christ, to God in this process. And you need other people in your life to do that well. You know, we just do need other... I know sometimes we think we can do our lives ourselves and we will sustain that for a little bit, but we need people in our lives to, uh, uh, to really sustain us in that. So, so I encourage you, go and see any of them that, that you thought you'd go with 10 or 9, maybe an 8, and, uh, and just say, look, I wouldn't mind be part of your group and, and uh, be part of that. So, okay. All right, we're looking, this is the last message in the, the Lost Virtues series, and it's on integrity, and uh, we're going to look at integrity this morning, and, and it, it seems like this virtue of integrity is being lost or is forgotten, and, and it's almost like it's outdated integrity, you know, and, uh, um, uh, you, know, and you, you think about someone like Bill Clinton, oh, the baptisms, Okay. He did have that. I thought Rob was going to do it, and I eventually realised I was going to do it. So, could we just have a quick look at those baptisms? Is that too difficult for you, Luke? Can you get back to that PowerPoint? We did have water baptisms last Sunday at Fisherman's Bay, and it was nice and fresh. Um, so, I, being a great leader that I am, delegated the responsibility for water baptisms, and, uh, and we had a few guys get water baptised last Sunday. So, I think it was five which was fantastic, and uh, Chris had a double wetsuit on there, two layers, what a wimp. (laughs) Karina went in just with a dress, and and Chris had two. Yeah, you wonder where he's dressed, but I wouldn't let him. Okay, so so well done, guys, that was fantastic. Sorry, sidetrack, back to the lost virtues, integrity. And and I I just think of like... um, Bill Clinton, when, when he was president of the United States, and, and the whole his whole affair came out the, at the time, and and his rating actually went up in that period. I went something not right about that. Something not quite right about that. I don't know how that worked, and I don't know if it was people liked him being honest, or is the fact that they didn't really care about his integrity, and uh, and it concerns me because. I think our world, our values, our societies, our cultures, our communities are based on integrity. If integrity wasn't at the core of it, our society would fall apart, you know, because it would be up to the, the police to monitor everything and, and you know, it just, it just wouldn't work out. We just would have to have more police than people to make that happen. Um, you know, and particularly with, with things like situational uh, ethics where, they, where people say, you know, it's dependent on the circumstances, what's right or wrong, and, and, yeah, and it might be right in this circumstance, but wrong in that circumstance. You go, really? 
gee, I don't think that's what God's word says. I'm not sure that's actually right. And I read something this week that said that integrity is the ultimate virtue. Integrity is the ultimate virtue. And, and, and the word integrity is almost interchangeable with good character. And uh, so a definition of, of integrity is this. The quality of being honest and having strong morals, principles, and a state of being whole, undivided unity. And, uh, you know, the, the, all the definitions I looked at in the book of integrity were all uh, had this understanding of wholeness because that word integrity, the Greek word comes out of that, that wholeness and it's wholehearted, completely honest, complete, true, not double-minded, you know. And a good way to define integrity, I, I thought, was to, to look at what low integrity is. And, uh, and I looked at some psychological employment tests that they use for people. Now, most people don't admit to being deceitful or having low integrity on their surveys, like on their, their questionnaires when you, you fill out. So uh, psychologists have worked out a way that, that when people answer questions, they'll actually work out what their integrity levels are like. And, uh, and they have certain assumptions in place because of that. And persons who have low integrity report more dishonest behaviour. People with low integrity report more dishonest, they actually report it more. Persons that have low integrity try to find reasons in order to justify such behaviour. And you find that people who like to justify their actions, you've got to sometimes question their integrity. I, I find that. If someone is, is protesting too loud, you go, mm, I don't know, this doesn't quite seem appropriate. Um, the persons who have low integrity think others are more likely to commit crimes. That really interests me. Like theft, for example. You know, and this is in the employment context, of course. But, but people seldom will declare that they're, to their pr- prospective employers that, you know, that they've got a past deviance, that something's gone wrong in their, their past. And, and so there's this indirect approach by, by psychologists to work out um, the integrity test. The persons who have low integrity exhibit impulsive behaviour. That one really interests me. They exhibit impulsive behaviour. It seems like they can be up and down and all around the place and integrity seems to be more consistency. Uh, the persons who have low integrity tend to think that society should severely punish deviant behaviour. So they're, they're harsher than, than most of us, you know. And, uh, and I thought about it in terms of scriptural or biblical stance, you know. There's very little grace, you know, and, and they're very legalistic. And it always worries me when I come up against someone who's very legalistic. You know, there's, there's black and there's white and, and you know, there's no, nothing in between. You go, well, where's the grace of God in that? You know, and, and it worries me about their integrity as a consequence of that. So it was just some good indicators, I thought, for, to, to indicate low integrity. And as, as part of my prep for this, I did, as I do every week, I just did some Bible study and just work, try to work through some of the words the scriptures that had integrity included in them. And uh, I'm just going to look at some of those to start with this morning. There's a, f- a few here, but I think it's worthwhile considering them. The first reference is, is King David's integrity. And it's found in Psalm uh, 78, verse 72. And it says this, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. And see, the thing that made David a great leader, a fantastic leader, was he a man that performed his tasks of leadership with integrity. Now, did he get it right all the time? No. But he operated most of the time with integrity, you know. It doesn't mean you're perfect, by the way. 1 Kings 9 verses 4 and 5. This is God speaking to, to Solomon. 
and, and you know, who they was his father. As for you, if you walk before me in, te- in integrity of heart and uprightness, as David your father did, and do all I command, observe my decrees and laws, I'll establish your royal throne over Israel forever. So God tells Solomon, if you operate in integrity, I will, like your dad, I will uphold your, your kingship and, and, and establish your throne forever. You know, God loves integrity. He loves integrity in, in us. 1 Chronicles 29, 17, and this is what David said, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. It tells us just a couple of things. First, that God does indeed search the human heart. And second, that God is looking inside our human heart for the heart and quality of integrity. The book of Nehemiah, verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 2, and this is Nehemiah speaking. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hananiah, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most do. Now that word fear God isn't scared of God. It actually means respected or revered God. And often integrity and respect seem to go hand in hand. Proverbs uh, chapter 10 verse 9 says, The man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. Found out. The man of integrity has security in his life. If we live our lives with security, we will, uh, sorry, integrity, we will have security in our lives, whereas the crooked paths uh, are never secure. They'll always be uncovered and there'll be a lack of security. Proverbs 11, verse 3, integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. And and notice the man, the the comparison between a man of integrity and a double-minded man. You know, quite different, you know. And it's got that sense of wholeness and truth. And, and, and um, whereas the, the, the duplicity means double-minded, it, it sort of means toing and froing and, and un, sort of unfaithful and, and unreliable sort of people would fall into that category. Uh, just a couple more. Proverbs 13, verse 6. Righteousness guards the man of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. And, we've, and it's basically saying that God protects those who operate in their lives with integrity. And our integrity sort of guards us. Proverbs 29.10 says, The bloodthirsty men hate a man of integrity and seek to kill the upright. And it's a warning for us that, you know, integrity is not a guarantee that everything will go well in our lives. We still live our lives with integrity. It doesn't mean that everything will go right. And in fact, there are people who don't like you operating with integrity in your life. There'll actually be people that'll get their back up if you operate with integrity. That They won't... They just don't get it. And, and, and so, but God will bring some protection in that. But it doesn't mean you get an easy road. And the last one, Matthew twenty-two sixteen, And it's, it's a comment by the Pharisees. And they're, they're talking about Jesus, or talking to Jesus. Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity. And it's because, it's really important because that testimony is from the Pharisees who's trying to catch Jesus out at this stage. And, and even his enemies have this testimony of his integrity. It goes on. You teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. You see, integrity doesn't get swayed by people, opinions, uh, even if they're powerful. You know, it, it, it stays true to itself. So it seems to me that integrity is like a combination of these three things. Honesty, dependability, and purity of motive. Purity of motive. Integrity. And, and you know... 
I think probably one of the things that, that really challenged me so many years ago was doing um, a, a thing in the men's ministry called Promise Keepers. And, uh, and, and it was really big on integrity. It really challenged me on a lot of things about integrity. You know, even the te- integrity of the words you allowed out of your mouth, the things you, you considered, the things you thought about. Um, you know, the, the sexual purity thing that we, we touched a little bit on last week. You know, having an integrity in that area, you know, and and just keeping yourself um, putting boundaries in your life that, that you know, that in life, there's just lines that you just don't want to get too close to. And, and I think our humanist wants to get up to as close to that line as we possibly can. But God's word is so clear. Work out where the line is, first of all, then get right back from it. Don't even go near it. Don't, don't even get close to it. So, so if you just stumble and fall over it, that's... That's not integrity. You keep back from the line. Work out what that is for you. See, there's a, a, uh, there's a weakness, I guess, in each one of us. And, and we've got to work that out for ourselves. And for some, it might be sex. And for others, it might be, um, uh, you know, lying or gossip or, or, or any of those sorts of things. And, and so you work out what that is in you. And then you just don't go new. If it's gossip, for instance, you don't... Listen to someone that's talking about someone else and, and not say anything. You go, listen, I, I don't want to listen to that. I'm out of here. You know? Or you actually take them on and go, listen, that's not right. I know that person. They wouldn't operate like that. You know? and, and, and I think we've just got to be a little proactive with this stuff. You, know? you, you just don't put up with it. You know, gossip's such a shocker. You know, it really is. You, you only need someone to even look like they... They're, they're agreeing with you, with someone who's gossiping, and, and they go for it. Man, they, they like with both barrels. And, and, uh, and we just have to work what, what our weakness is. You know, you love those juicy little morsels sometimes, as the Bible puts it, I think. And, and you just got to step back from that. Go, no, I don't want to hear that stuff. Get out of my face and, uh, and step back from the line. So I've just got four practical, simple steps here this morning that I'll get through reasonably quickly uh, of integrity for our lives, to apply in our lives. And the first one is, integrity means telling the truth even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. Proverbs 12, 17 says, A truthful witness gives honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Proverbs 22, 1 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. So the first one, the first distinctive, the first... Um, uh, aspect that we're talking about is to tell the truth even if it hurts. You know, I had this discussion with a guy who doesn't live here um, who was going through a difficult divorce case. And uh, as I listened to his story, you know, you could tell there was right and wrong on both sides and, and there's plenty of guilt going around everywhere. And, and, uh, and he talked about the upcoming divorce proceedings and, uh, and he said there's also been some things uncovered that, I, that he hoped wouldn't come out in the courtroom. And he said this, if I get up there, I'll deny it. And he'd take the stand and tell a lie because the truth would hurt him badly in these proceedings, in the divorce proceedings. You know, I just had to look him straight in the eye, even though I didn't know him that well. I said, mate, whatever you do, tell the truth, for goodness sake. Even if it hurts you, remember you can always get your money back, but you can't get your integrity back. We'll always make more money, but guess what? Once your reputation, your integrity is gone, it is really difficult to rebuild that. 
You know, trust is one of those really difficult things to rebuild and integrity a lot of time depends on trust. Tell the truth even when it hurts. Be an honest witness. Just tell the truth, you know. There's security in that. God's word said there's security in that. Number two, integrity means keeping a promise when you'd rather not. (laughs) Haven't we all done that? Promise someone to do something at a certain situation, then all of a sudden circumstances change, situation change, and all of a sudden we've still got the same promise hanging there, but it's going to be really, really, really inconvenient to do that, to back that up. You know, I'm sure Peter Newman thought that, that this week, and uh, he's been helping me put my uh, camper trailer together for our trip, and, uh, and there's been some cold, cold, dark nights that we've been working on this thing, and... and uh, uh, and I'm thinking, I bet he, wish he didn't promise that, you know. And uh, But, you know, he's a man of integrity because he saw it through. Psalm 15 verse 1 says, Who may dwell in your sanctuary, who may live on your holy hill, he whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous. Then Solomon gives a list of what it means to be righteous. And then the verse 4, it goes on, He who keeps his oath even when it hurts, even when it hurts, and a, and a man of integrity keeps his promise, man or woman of integrity keeps his promise, even when it, they'd rather not, even when it's going to hurt them, even when it's inconvenient. Um, uh, he keeps his oath even when it hurts. And, and when do we do that? You know, it, it's when we sign off on a contract, when we um, use our credit card, it, it's when we sign up or commit to something, it, it's when we set an appointment with somebody, it's when we say we'll help somebody out, it, it, it's when we... Um, Say you'll be there. That's a promise. It's a, all those promises. And we've got to be people of integrity to see those promises through. You know, as, as to our best ability. Now, you know, obviously there are some, some situations that you can't, but, you know, the Bible just says so clearly, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And here's the thing. If you have trouble with this, we'll say no first and don't let someone down and then say yes later on. But if you say yes, you have to continue to yes that out. Yes and amen, I promise I will do that. So don't say yes unless you know you can pull it off. Don't be a yes man or woman. Say yes and make it yes. Say no and make it no. But if you say no, you can actually revert back to yes. But if you say yes and then come through with no, that's a lack of integrity. Just telling you how it is. It just is. Um, and here's a, a, a nice thought. I just thought it was a really good way of putting integrity. Integrity is a measure of the percentage of, percentages of your promises that you keep. Get this. <laughs> this is really, I just thought this was a great way to think about it. Integrity is a measure of the percentage of your promises that you keep. It's so easy to make promises off the cuff in the heat of the moment in, 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 you know, in a nice environment with good feelings and good intentions. But then when it comes to it and the circumstances change, the situations change, it's going to be really inconvenient to do this thing. That's when your yes has got to be yes and your no has got to be no. That's when we've got to show and step up in, in our integrity. We've got to see this thing through. You know, because you, if you lose your integrity, it's really difficult to get it back. Integrity is our capacity to keep our promises. There's this great quote I've got here. 
Watch your thoughts because for they become words. Watch your words for they become actions. Watch your actions for they become habits. Watch your habits for they become character. Watch your character for it becomes your destiny. And, and with that quote in mind, I, I thought this is a way to think about how we keep our promises. And, and it it's, goes along the lines of, oh, we've got the screen for this? I think we have. Next one. Watch your thoughts and your words. Watch what you're thinking about and what you allow out of your mouth, you know? Make fewer promises. If you can't, don't say you can. If you don't know, don't say, uh, say you don't know. You don't have to know the answer to everything. Just, just say, I don't know. That's one of my best leadership tips. I don't know. You know, because often I don't know. And sometimes I try to think I know and I go, you know what, I don't really know. That's okay not to know. Avoid rash commitments. Learn to say no. Okay, so firstly, integrity tells the truth when, until it hurts or even when it hurts. Secondly, integrity means keeping a promise when you'd rather not. The third one is integrity means that you confront problems when it would be easier to walk away. Proverbs 27 verses uh, 5 and 6 says this. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can, can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And I like the King's James Version says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. See, being a man or woman of integrity means you don't walk away from a problem. It means you see a problem that, and you meet it head on. When it be easier and more convenient and more pleasant just to walk away from it. And, and, and a couple of years ago, or probably wasn't even that long ago, a little while ago I was talking to someone from this church and she said something really interesting that, that stuck in my head, or it's a, my paraphrase of it anyway. And... Uh, I thought about for this, this message. She was talking about somebody else in our, in our church that she needed to go to talk to. And basically she said, I'm not going, uh, it's not going to be easy for me to do this because I don't like doing this kind of thing. It won't be easy for me to say what needs to be said, but I've learned and I, over, through my life that I have to do what I have to do. And, and sometimes it means confronting this stuff. You know, sometimes it means just saying, listen, I'm not going to... I've got to address this issue. And it, do it out of relationship, of course. You know? Make sure it's out of relationship because if, if, it, if it's not, it's just going to cause offence. Do it out of relationship. And um, Norman Schwarzkopf, Schwarzkopf, yes, the great American general in the, uh, for the Persian Gulf War said this. This is his response to his secret of leadership. I never walk past a problem. I never see something going wrong and forget about it, I always stop and confront it right there. That's a great, great leadership principle. Getting great leadership insights this morning, I reckon. You know, and I had a, a, got a friend who's, who's now retired out of ministry, but he, he built a really, really successful church, and I think it was over about 25 years. And I remember asking one day, we were together, I said, how did you do that? Like, how did you survive 25 years? How did that go? And he said this, I learned years ago when I was just starting out in ministry that my tendency was when I saw a problem, it was easier to walk away. It was easier to ignore it. But I, I soon discovered that I had to fight that tendency. I discovered through hard experience that the first cost you pay is always the cheapest. The first cost you pay is always the cheapest. And it means that in handling human conflicts and relationships, we actually have to do it quickly. You have to address it quickly because that will be the, the cheapest cost you pay. If you let it fester, if you let it go on longer, 
It'll cost you more, I'm guaranteeing you. You need to deal with this stuff. And Matthew 18 says that so clearly. You know, if your brother offends you, go to him one-on-one. Just say, hey, can we talk about this? And, and if he doesn't listen to you, grab a couple of friends, two or three, and, and go and say, listen, this is a problem. And, and then if there's still a problem, you, you get before the, you know, get some leadership, some church leadership, and get involved. And, and, and there's, a pro, there's a biblical process, and, and that's to address offense. If we just leave it alone, it'll just fester and get worse. In us and in others. We have to deal with this stuff. And, and can I tell you, it applies with marriage problems. It applies with our, our children, as our kids, as parents. It, it applies to, in any relationships. It applies in our family, our work scenarios, our, our, our careers, church, friendships, the whole deal. Integrity means that when you see a problem, you deal with it when it comes up. We deal with it quickly. Problems just don't get better if you ignore them. And I know that's our tendency to go, well, if I just leave that alone, maybe it'll go away. No, no, you just just go for it. Just, I mean, in wisdom, like don't be crazy about it. In fact, I'd even go as far as to say, if you're someone who speaks up quickly, I'd probably just take a little bit of time before you speak out. But if you're someone who takes a long time, I'd actually encourage you to start to speak out quicker. You know, because it's just getting that balance. It's right, that, that middle line, that guideline. Sometimes we talk out too quickly too, and it, it causes pain and hurt. Where if we just considered our words first, it's actually a better, a better stance. Okay, nearly there. Last point. Integrity means forgiving when you'd rather hold a grudge. <laughs> Integrity means forgiving when you'd rather hold a grudge. You see, some of us hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness over things that have happened in our past. And maybe you feel like you've been mistreated or misunderstood or judged wrongly, and that may well be the case. But, but you know, God's word's so clear on this. You know, he says, forgive because I've already forgiven you. You know, in Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, giving, forgiving one another, just as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Very much what Greg was saying this morning. And second, the Lord's Prayer says this, Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. See, we are forgiven and we have to forgive others. It's, it's our role. It's part of being a Christian. It's a part of being a disciple of Christ. And when we have, um, we have to forgive others because bitterness and unforgiveness destroys and traps us while forgiveness sets us free. You know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Unforgiveness and bitterness will trap us and keep us small and less than what God would want us to be. Forgiveness sets us free. You see, and here's the thing. This is a good thought, I thought. See, because when you forgive, forgiveness sets you free to minister those to hurt, that have hurt you. So the people that have hurt you, it actually allows you to minister to them when you've forgiven them. And, and I just think that's what we're meant to do. That, that's that's what, why you can go through it. And as long as you hold a grudge, you're chained to the past. As long as you hold unforgiveness, you're going to hold on to that pain and the way you're treated and you're still living in the past. And I heard this great quote, and it's probably Joyce Meyer, I'm not sure, but unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. It just doesn't make sense. I'll drink this poison and that other person's really going to get... No, that's what unforgiveness does. We've got to forgive Let's get on. Let's free ourselves up. You know, and I tell you, 
unforgiveness just ends up people being fearful and small-minded and, and it, it just keeps us smaller than what God would want us to be. And, and I don't know about you, but I want to live a life of integrity. I want to live a life at a higher level. And sometimes we've got to deal with this, this, the base level stuff first before we can go on to live at that level. You know, that we can free ourselves up, that, you know, we're not, we can walk into, and gee, this was a struggle for me in the early days. Can I tell you here, when we, when we planned this church, we've been a, a quite a large church. I think it was about 800 when we left. And, and people came and go all the time. It was just part of the process of doing church, and you didn't like it, but just the way it was. When we planned the church, when you're only about, you know, 50, 60, up to 100, and, and people leave the church, it's just like, oh my goodness. We're going to die, you know. We're, we're not going to be able to survive, and and often it wouldn't just be one; it'd be quite a few together. And, and then you see them in the, the shopping centre. You go, oh no, do I talk to them? Or do I don't talk to them? Do I ignore them down like that? It's just like that. And you know, I just had to get over myself. Really, that's what it came down to. And, and try not to take it personally. You know, all the all the ministers' manuals say, don't take it personally. You go, it's just hard not to take it personally sometimes, you know. But you know. I feel like I've grown in this area. You know, I feel like I can walk into any shopping centre, any arena in our, in our local area, and I know there's lots of people there may have been in this church from one stage to another. It, I just, I'm so free in that these days. I just don't care, you know, and I, because I've had to learn how to forgive. I think it's, that's part of the reason. I've, I've had to learn how to forgive. And for you, if unforgiveness is part of your journey, your life journey, you just got to learn how to deal with that stuff. Learn with it, you know, deal with it well. It's just really, really important. Now, we all want to be people of unquestioned integrity, don't we? As Christians, as, as people, we, we want to be people of honesty and truthfulness and dependability uh, and people of truly pure motives. Just four points there was this morning. That means telling the truth when it hurts. It means keeping your promises when you'd rather not. It means confronting problems when it'd be easier not to. And the fourth one there, it means forgiving others when you'd rather hold a grudge. I've been there. I know what that's like. I just want to be cranky with this person. I don't want to forgive them. Just get over yourself. Just forgive them. Just forgive them. Get on. Get on with it. Really. I just want to read that quote just to finish here this morning that we, we read there before. Watch your thoughts, they become words. See, there's unforgiveness. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, that's what you're thinking about. And, you're, and you, there's venom comes out of your mouth sometimes. You know, I, I talk to people and you see venom come out. You go, wow, there's a, a bit of root there. There's, there's bitterness, there's unforgiveness there. And, and, and sometimes I can't, speak that into them but you just know God that's what my prayers God help this person deal with that because it's only going to bring ill health to their life it's only going to bring negative consequences watch your thoughts because they become words watch your words because they become actions you've got to be careful what we allow out of our mouth because it will turn into actions watch your actions because they become habits they become part of who we are watch your habits because they become a character our integrity, our virtues. Watch your character where it becomes your destiny. So true. As the musos come, I'm going to pray.
and uh, just, just close your eyes, just bow your heads, and we'll just pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be people of integrity, Lord. Father, I don't know what that means to each one of these people here. Father, I pray this morning there's been some personal application for each one of us, Lord. But Father, I just pray that we, I know, get challenged in one of these areas of integrity, Lord, or maybe all of them. Father, we as a church, as, as a body of Christ, as a people uh, that, that follow you, God, that we deal with this integrity stuff well, because Lord, it is so important to, to who we are in you, Father. It's a central virtue of what you, what, the way you want us to live our lives, God. And Father, if there's any darkness there, God, that you would help us shine the light of, of, of you into our lives. God, your Holy Spirit, the light of Jesus into those circumstances, Father. You know, it seems it's so easy for the world to be dishonest. You know, whether it's, I don't know, tax returns or whatever. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray as Christians, as disciples of Christ, it's our first thought to be, to show integrity, to be truthful, to be honest in every circumstance, God to speak the truth in love in every circumstance, Father, to be people of integrity, to be a church with a distinctive as a mark of integrity, Lord. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to outwork that, to influence our community and our world positively, Lord. In Jesus' name. And while you still got your heads bowed, just one more thing I want to do. Here this morning, you know, I don't know who is here what, we, what your walk with God is like, where you're at with your walk with God. But this morning, I want to give you an opportunity just to, um, uh, I don't know, get you that relationship right with God. And, and, it's, and the Bible just tells us we have to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And uh, so this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to do that, just that simple. Maybe you've, you know, you've never done this. Maybe you've never confessed that. Maybe you've never come to a place of, you know what, I, I think I need to do this. But here's an opportunity here this morning to make that decision. And, and what a great morning to do it on a morning we're talking about integrity. You know, what's God doing in your heart right now? So with your eyes closed, your head bowed, if there's anyone here that wants to make that decision, here's an opportunity right now, just in the next couple of seconds, put up your hand and I'll recognize, I'm, I'm just looking around now. If that's you, just stick up your hand. Anyone? Okay. Fantastic. That means every one of your fates are sealed. Your destiny is sealed because you've got Jesus in your heart. I mean, just look up to me for a second. When I made the decision for Christ for me, I remember being really um, skeptical of the church. I was fleeing. You know, I didn't really want to be a part of it. You know, I just didn't like what it represented, and and, uh, and it felt like it was constricting rather than freedom. And it was only my perspective on that, of course. But it was actually, well, this is where I got to. What have I got to lose? And I know it's not the right foundation to make a, a choice like that. But what have I got to lose? And I've got everything to gain. And so, you know, I went, well, I guess let's do it, you know. And, and sometimes you just got to free yourself up in this, you know. Sometimes you just got to go, yeah, 
I'm just going to do that. that. That's a good thing to do. So, uh, um, so I just, just felt to say that. That might release someone here this morning that you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it thought out. You don't have to have all the answers. You've just got to be obedient to what God's asking you to do. Fantastic. That's integrity. Hey, um, we've got some great preachers coming to visit us over the next five weeks. Um, Chris Clum, all the way from Baylife. Um, uh, <laughs> now I've got Mark Zare from Macquarie, um, Steve Blake, uh, Vince Harris, and Kathy Churchill as well. We've got her on the roster. So you're going to have a great time. We will be thinking of you. I can't not think about this church, even when I'm away trying to not think about you. So, uh, uh, so we're praying for God's best for every single one of you. And uh, um, I'm praying that the weather's just a little bit better than this up where we're going to Bowen. And uh, uh, so, so have a great time. Outlive your life with integrity. Try to live those, those virtues, those lost virtues, the, you know, the, all the ones we've spoken with over the, year, over the weeks, the honour, the gratitude, the purity, the... I've missed one, integrity, and what else? Bowen. Oh, that's right, Bowen. So... I know. So try to outwork those in your life over this, this next season. See what God does in you. Thanks. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.